Gaiement. Yo! 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 The process is black and white, where two friends examine the trials and tribulations of starting their individual businesses with their cultural differences and similarities, along with whatever else accompanies them on their journey. Each week, they will discuss a few chapters from books that will transform you from being a wantrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Here's Vernon and Devin. Good morning, Vern. Good morning, Devin. Good morning. So, uh, in honor of Will Smith, right? It's it's only it's only right since we're reading this book. We should have probably did this last episode, but never too late. What is your favorite Will Smith movie? Definitely Independence Day, and it's not close. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I like all Will Smith movies, right? Like, I like Men in Black and. Um, you know, I, I really, I really genuinely do like, cause, uh, he's just so charming and funny and also he can be very serious and thoughtful, but like, if I want to watch a movie, the truth is, is I want to watch a movie where stuff blows up and there's aliens and somebody blows up the white house and you know what I mean? Like, that's the mm -hmm. kind of movie that I really want. I want action and adventure. And he is so, he's like peak Will Smith in that in that movie i think i mean i am legend is great it's a he's a great actor in that like there's a bunch of movies where i think he's better but to me that's peak will smith so that's my answer how about you so my my favorite movie because i got a follow-up question after this but my favorite movie um that he was in so the one that has impacted me the most the one that i've watched and just was like at the end of it was like wow was the pursuit of happiness? Oh, of course, um, yeah. You know, just just like one of the movies that, like, if it's on, I stop. You know, I watch it. But of course, I've seen Bad Boys one, two, and three more times than any other movie for sure. Um, possibly, they're, they're so hilarious in the, yeah, yeah. those two in Bad Boys one and two yeah, are so yeah. like, yeah. Oh. yeah. Possibly Bad Boys one, I've seen more than any other movie. Ever. Uh, okay. All like right. possibly, like it's possible. Sure. My wife loves it. You know, we watch it often. Yeah. What's not to like? I seen it in the theaters at like ten years old. It was the greatest experience ever. You know. So yeah. Um, how about what's your favorite Will character? I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of dead air right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think that I know. Um. Because it's different. That's a totally different question. Yeah, that is a different question. I, I don't think that I have an answer. Who's yours? Oh, Fresh Prince. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely Fresh Prince. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> See, like, that's why I was, like, I was, like, kind of running through the whole, like, list. And in Men in Black, the first the first Men in Black. Oh, when he was he, awesome in Men in Black. He's, that character in that is so good. Yeah, because he's, good. like, he's – you. You kind of feel like you're experiencing that whole yeah. thing yeah. with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his acting in that for a you know a comedy action movie or whatever, like yeah. Yeah. is a, is a tops. Rapper. But yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah. like, but man, him as yeah, of course it's Fresh Prince. Yeah, all right. Because just in case Will ever gets to listen to this <laughs> podcast, right? Is I gotta ask this next question out of respect for Will because I don't he totally sees himself as more of a rapper than an actor. Um, I believe, and no one ever talks about him as a rapper. What sure. is your favorite Will Smith song? I mean, Summertime is obvious choice because, like, it's it, there are very few songs that have um, the ability to, like, s- cut across entire, like, literally cuts across every single culture that there is and says, like, hey, yeah. I'm one of the, I'm one of the top five, top ten songs of summer ever. Yeah, you know what it, I mean? Like, it's, it's, the, it's in it's the, the canon song with of, uh, of summer. I think it's, I think uh, you can argue. Yeah, sure. It's, you could. I think you. I think you can. I think that there's a reasonable no, argument to be made for some Beach yeah. Boys songs, right? There's like yes, there's yes, a yes. bunch of songs that could What's be songs. Summertime of summer, songs, but uh, like his is, I, I yeah. think, kind of the. You know, it, it's right there, and so to put a song at that level, yeah, to yeah, say like yeah. this is a song of summer, like Bob Marley has one of those songs. It's like isn't a song it like of summer, Wild like, Days of Summer or something? Who's like Wild Days of Summer or something mm, like that? I don't know. I, yeah, we'll have, we'll have to look. I'm, them up I'm hearing the all the summer songs in my head right now, and there's a bunch and, of them. And but like, the fact the fact is is that he wrote a song that's at that level. Yes. Um and I think like privately, for me. It's Miami. Like, you know what I mean? Like, publicly, I have to be like, oh, of course, it's summertime. But I think privately, <laughs> it's Miami because every time that song comes on, I dance around. <laughs> yes, that was a great song. Um, oh, that was a great – that's a great – so, obviously, I, and, and it sucks that I'm I'm going to follow up with summertime as well. It just, it just means so much. To it just means so – like – It's so perfect. Anytime somebody says Will Smith is not a rapper, I'm like, listen to summertime. Sure. Listen to summer, like lyrically delivery, the whole night. Like listen to summertime, it, it, like it is a it is an ill song, you know, to take you back to the Will Smith early Will Smith. Is it's, yeah, you know, no no question. And then uh, I always gotta go to the father, uh, the father part of me, is uh, oh why can't I remember the title of the song, the song he dedicated to his son. Uh, oh yeah! Oh, that song's shit. super good. I can't remember what, what it's called. What is the name of the song? Uh, yeah, that song. That song heard is great. It. I haven't, I haven't heard, that heard song it in it. so long, but now I gotta find it and play it on our outro, or, or play it when we leave, because yeah. I gotta think of the. Name. Oh man, I'm gonna look it up. I can't remember the name of it, but we'll tweet. It we'll tweet it. Song. We'll tweet it from the official account. Yeah, but yeah. you know, leading into the book, man, chapters uh, three, four, and five. Uh, what do we have? Uh, performance. Power and hope, right? Uh, the yeah. three titles of the chapter. What, what did you think about chapter three, performance? Uh, I mean, I don't think that I remember them. I, we were talking before the show and we were saying like, you know, each one of these chapters sort of like holds on its own, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you you could pop in to this book and read it from any chapter and it would be fine uh, because of the way he sort of like makes each chapter a story. So that's really nice. So I don't think I remember specifically like – how each chapter progressed as much as I remember, like the, the, the takeaway that I had from each chapter. Um, and I love the introduction of jazz and like how he's like, I met this guy <laughs> and it is an interesting reminder because it was, it's true that like the, that 
it wasn't the MCs that were, you know, like, I, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a big rap guy. Like I, I enjoy enough of it. And, you know, there's, there's some stuff out there that I, that I have like a strong association to, but for the most part, you know, it's, it's not in heavy rotation for me, but I do remember like, it wasn't the MC that was the, the big draw. You know, it was, it was the DJ. Like that was, everybody was DJ and right. Um, and mm-hmm. then that flipped, that changed um, yeah. as time went on. But so, so it was, I, I really liked sort of the mood that was set when he talked about uh, interacting with jazz and like meeting jazz and sort of that whole, their, you know, this is the beginning of their rise to stardom. So that was, I think the, the thing that I took the most from this little chunk of chapters. How about you? Yeah, I, uh, so, I mean, all of these, like, hit home to me. Um, performance, when he, he starts off uh, talking with his grandmother, and he's at church. Church music, I, yeah. <laughs> Devin, when I tell you, it was like being a kid again. And I, I that's exactly how I was at church. Like, I hated church as a kid. I hated church except for we went to this one church, me and my mom, at one point where we went to a different church than a family church. And I remember there was this lady in the front row and every sermon, she would get the Holy ghost. And I remember being a kid at like 12 years old, just like waiting. Like, is today going to be, is she going to get it again today? And like that being like the joy of my church experience. And then I remember similar to Will where he talks about, you know, the guest pastor, you know, and, and him on a piano and how he could go on. Well, my actual home pastor, Reverend Sly, I'll never forget him. When that dude would get to singing, man, and he would get to singing and the church would feel like it lifted off the ground. And I loved Reverend Sly. He would always, he would always, he would only sing like twice. It felt like, like twice or so he was singing at the end. And then there was a couple songs that he was like, those was his jams. Those was his songs. And he would get going. And, yo, that dude had an amazing voice. He was Their family was a musical family. His son played, I mean, his wife played the piano. Son played the guitar, the drums. His daughter ran the choir, she sang. That family was incredible. And so listening to Will and performance, to me, I just remember, like, being in a choir at, like, eight and being, like, I hate this. Um, you know, cause like my, my aunt and my grandma, somebody made us get in the choir and all of those experiences. I remember, I remember that like yesterday, the influence of a grandmother, cause that whole chapter was about his grandmother. Um, mm-hmm. the majority of it and that influence of a grandmother, it, it like, especially Northeast families, it feel like, you know what I mean? Cause that's all, all the migration and you, at that point, I guess for blacks at that time, a lot of them were moving away from their family. So, like, my grandparents was, like, the generation that moved away from the South to come North for jobs, all that type stuff. So it was just, like, a different sense of community in the Northeast where your neighbor was family. You know, like, that was the only family you knew. Like, my grandparents, they didn't have their moms and dads up here a lot, you know, when they first came up. And so it just built this sense of community, grandmom's house, the neighbor's. The neighborhood, you can feel it all through the chapter. It was an awesome chapter. Um, yeah, and then Power was dope. His cousin, he talks about how his cousin gets him, like, basically gives him, you know, like, confidence. 
Like he got the ring hang around his cool badass cousin, who he said was like the Bruce Leroy of their neighborhood for all you last dragon lovers. And he was like this this dude walking around West Philly with a kimono on, and you know what I mean, like his whole karate outfit, you know, and and a, and a German a tech German shepherd he called it, and just how he learned how to you know be strong and be powerful. Um, and then hope there's a said. there's another piece that was in there. I just want to yeah. Don't no, please up, jump like, in, jump in. One of the things that like stuck out that he said was, you know, when somebody's put in the work and they're great at something, they don't need to say anything. Yeah. Right. So he was talking, th- I think he was talking about uh, his cousin and his father and how his, his father was getting like he wanted to hit him. And his cousin was like, he didn't say anything. He didn't have to do anything. He was just like, you probably don't want to do that. Yeah. And his father knew, right? And it, it's been one of the truisms in my life that, like, when you are an expert at something, you can just sit there. You don't need to do anything. Yeah. You don't need to involve, you know? And it's, it's interesting at, at this point as, a, as, a, as, a, as an engineer – I'm entering that phase of my career, right? Where, mm. like, I just know how to do it. Mm. So, like, I'm kind of just like, hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And there's other people that have, and I'll, and I'll just be like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter how you want to do it. I'll, I'll do it. But, like, the opposite is true for, like, you know, we, we, we're doing some renovations around the house, right? And, uh, and where we took all took these things down, and, and I was pretty sure, ninety nine point nine nine percent sure, that these like balusters that we had weren't load bearing, that, that that it was just for show. But when you're removing something from a wall, you're like always worried that it's load bearing. You know what I mean? So I'm like sending Mike pictures and stuff, and like climbing up into the attic to make sure, because I didn't have that certainty, so I, I didn't have that confidence. And it's interesting the the parallel between power and expertise and how those things go. Cause Mike, for example, with the balusters never would have thought twice about it. He would have, maybe he would have gone up and taken a look because better safe than sorry, but he would have known immediately when he took a look, right? Because he has that expertise that he's earned. And, uh, you know, the amount of work like for, for food stuff that you're putting in, right? Like you've put in work in the kitchen to earn, the ability to make flavors, right? But you have to keep working at it. You have to become an expert at it. You don't just get that. It's not the first time. You have to keep doing it. And it was real interesting to sort of hear him put portray those things and be like, you got to be expert. And then very the very next chapter, he meets Jazz, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about a guy who is expert, right? It, it actually reminds me um, – the quest love book, which I strongly recommend. Like, I know that you're, you're chomping at the bit to read this, this, uh, Will Smith book. You might as well just get the quest love book. And then whenever you're done the Will Smith book, you can like jump over to that so that you don't like speed ahead in chapters. But the quest love book is, is very similar. It's like quest and jazz. If they don't hang out, they should. Cause you could tell yeah. that like, yeah. they both just like have this like encyclopedic knowledge of music. They, you know, understand how different beats and things work. And that, like, how different styles influence one another. Mm. So anyway, it was, I loved that part of the book well, too. Y- yes. And you talk about like, 
you talk about jazz because that followed up in the, in the next chapter, which the thing that made jazz special is there. there's expertise, but then there's another element is preparation. And that, that preparation that jazz was about, like Will, so remember Will, when they met, so jazz is older than Will, is what we learned in the book. I didn't, you know, never would have known I that. had no idea, yeah. You know, so he's graduated, um, lives in Southwest Philly, which, you know, it's not quite a walk down the street from Will's house. It's, you know, definitely would have needed to have to like hop on a bus, do some things to get there. Um, so he's a Southwest Philly kid. And Will talks about how Jazz never did anything, anything, but stay in his basement playing on his record players and, and DJing, mixing. That's all he did all day long. He was like, when he would be in Jazz's house, he'd be like, the thing that was so different for me and Jazz is I went to the store. I went and got, you know, I got, got distracted. You know, I was chasing girls. He was doing all these things. Like, he was still kind of like being a kid, Philly kid, you know, doing typical things. And he's like, Jazz never left the house. He said, Jazz never went to the store. Like, he never went to the corner store and got candy and a soda. Like, you know what I mean? He was like, that dude was in his basement working all the time. And I, to me, like, I translate that to what, we both are trying to do here. And I think that level of dedication, like everything that's come out of good out of what I've done so far has come because I've been prepared. I've, I've probably, I've prioritized preparation. You know what I mean? Like people are like, dang, you always want to cook. I'm like, yeah, because I need you to try this. This is my practice. <laughs> I need you. I need you come to my house. You have to try something. The week before we did the wings, uh, I invited um, my old neighbors, good friends of ours, really good friends of ours, over to try the wings. I made all of them. I made a 50-wing platter of each kind because I wanted them to try it. I wanted them to try it because I needed to practice again. And again, I made wings for people at work just randomly, just to practice. I wanted to see how they reheated. You know what I mean? I wanted to see, all right, if I get them cold, are they going to hold up? So like, What happens if I add 10% less seasoning? What exactly. happens if I add 10% more? More. <laughs> what if I do another tablespoon of butter? How Can I get it loose? You know, one of the problems I was having was there was too much dry seasoning ending up on the wings. And if the seasoning is dry, it doesn't really activate. You need the season to be wet and hydrated so that it sticks to the wing. So I found out through that practice and preparation that I need to add another tablespoon of butter to, to, to fry. And I need to let the herbs cook in that butter longer. Then I needed to toss. Yeah, because so, you need the you aromatics know, to come up out of the butter. Exactly. Out of the butter and onto the wing. Then I found out I need to let them sit. They need to sit. No one can eat that wing right away. That wing need to, needs to sit and it needs to soak into the skin. And, and I would sit them and dry them out and let them sit. You know what I mean? So, like, all of this I was doing for weeks and weeks and weeks, just practicing. You know how many wings I fed to these, my neighbors down the street? Like, they probably, like, hiding from me because I just, every day, I'm like, I need, oh, no, try this one. I need, yeah, try this one. You know what I mean? So, um, listening to that jazz story, it's like, yo, I feel him. I know what he's coming from. If I didn't have a family and, and, and responsibilities above my head, 
I would be making wings 24-7. It would literally just be like, what's next? Seasonings, wings. I'd just be cooking. I'd be doing nothing but in the kitchen cooking and feeding people. Yeah, it's a weird thing, right? Because I, I'm 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 a lot the same way about um, software development, right? Like I do it a ton. I do it a lot. Um, but I also worry like, you know, you have to – obsession is good because you're excited yeah. about it and so you're into it you know but there's more to there's a little bit more to life than just obsession yes. right like and but so what it's if a, you what if you obsess regardless like you you your obsession just falls into the phillies and the sixers and you know we find out you find other places to place it but i'm always yeah. obsessing over something I, and i know well you that's are. the <laughs> that that's the thing and so like like we're you know, like right now we're in the middle of some stuff, but like we go hiking every weekend without fail. Yeah. Like pretty much all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so we, oh, we're always doing like, so I don't know. I, I remember being young and having that jazz like obsession where you could just get into one thing and just lose yourself. And I know that obsession is a really powerful thing for preparation, just like you pointed out. But also now I'm aware enough that like yeah. I also want to be able to do these other things. And I also want to be obsessed about, you know, did I watch enough Bryce Harper this year? Like he won an MVP. Like you're yeah. watching excellence and greatness when you're getting the opportunity to watch the Phillies. Did, did I take enough time to, to stop and just like sit down with a cup of tea and watch the Phillies? Like are you doing those kinds of things? And so, True. you know, are you living a well-rounded full life? So I guess I'm – I guess I'm just – interested in the fact that at 20 that obsession to be like i'm just about you know sitting in my basement and doing this and then now reflecting on it at you know whatever i'm 43 and being like yeah i'm super into this stuff but also i stop then i go and i do these other things you know what i think about hmm. not to cut you off but while you're at that point i think about imagine if imagine if I could have had tunneled my obsession like jazz, like like jazz and you know uh, um, oh my god why am I forgetting his name Detroit dude another DJ Beatmaster oh you know what I'm talking about um, I probably do but yeah you know what I'm talking about <laughs> um, oh, he made like every he's got tons of hits oh, I can't remember his name he oh, well. died died from cancer. Um, Damn it. All right, moving on. Anyway, <laughs> Quest Love, people like that. You know, they, Michael Jackson, you know, sure. like those people who are like pretty much prodigies. Jay Dilla, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. Jay Dilla, you know, uh, are prodigies like that because they do spend their young years before they start a family, before they, obsession, obsessing. And spending all day of their childhood just at this thing, obsessing over this thing, this want to be great. LeBron James, you know, yeah. you know, you go, you go across it. You know, Kobe was that way, where those guys, where other yeah, kids was out. Mike doesn't even have friends anymore. Yeah, Mike, <laughs> Mike was that way. Other kids are out, you know, playing like you know tag. You know, these guys are like working on their craft and obsessing over it sometimes you know not to say it's right or it's wrong 
But sometimes when you have a certain level of greatness, you just, there's no walking away from it. It just, it's, it's like in you. It's this thing that's just probably just eating at you. Uh, I I don't know, man. I think we're at a point now in life though. Like at least for me, I can speak to It's like, if I didn't have kids and I didn't have a wife and those responsibilities, I would be in a basement obsessing over something. Yeah. And I think that that's, I, so I think that that's good to know about you. You know what I mean? Like it's good to know, but I think that, like, if, if the question is like, would I rather be obsessed oh, about no, no, no. one thing? No. Or yeah. no, no, I'm not, not, not. I don't think I'm giving the, the the either or that you think I'm giving. If I'd rather be obsessed about one thing, or if I would rather sort of understand that obsession is this powerful tool yes. that I can use and that can help focus my time, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I'm obsessed and I'm excited about it. It, it goes really fast. The time goes really fast. It's like it's like having a good conversation. We're like oh, yeah. having a good conversation. You're like, how did 45 minutes go by, you know? Yeah. Um, so now I understand that I can use that and I can redirect it to other things. I can redirect it to like, hey, just kick back and enjoy, you know, can you be obsessed about just chilling in your backyard and like yeah. relaxing and enjoying the moment? Like instead of just getting sucked in, and I feel like the 19-year-old me or whatever wasn't able to do that. And so I would just dive into something, and that's all I would do, and that's all I'd be about. And I wasn't able to split it out. Ah, so you, you know experienced I mean? it. Yeah, in ways. You yeah, know what I mean? What I mean. Like, like, like you had, you were experiencing it. See, I didn't get to experience it. That's because you I, just had a baby. I just had a baby. <laughs> yeah, I just had a baby. In spurts. Is, is where I would experience it. Where it was like, but then I would have stuff to do. So I never really got the experience. So that's funny how our perceptions. So for me, I kind of look at it as like, man, if if I would have had the time, oh, I'd be like, you know, I, I'd be, it'd be off the charts right now. The level of success. Mm. Uh, you have, So you have, have jealousy about it. I have jealousy. Totally have jealousy about it. Because uh, I'm like, man, because been, it's been so many times you, you, you're you so close, but then life kicks in. Mm. And then I'm like, shit, every time I get so close, life kicks in. And the truth of it is, is, nah, I'd probably be kind of almost similar to where I am now. A couple variables might have changed. A couple things, you know what I mean? Because those people who are willing to obsess to that type of level, they find a way to do it. And what ends up happening is fatherhood sacrifices or being a good husband sacrifices or being a good friend sacrifice. Like, like you said, you know, I don't know Mike personally, but uh, you know, who knows? A lot of people say the relationships, you know, with him is like either Mike's way or no way. Right. I mean, he apparently he has no friends. I mean like him and Charles were friends for, yeah. Years. Yeah. Who knows? But I, and but then now they're not even friends because Mike can't take a joke because Mike is obsessed. Mike's with way or no way. Yeah. yeah exactly. You know what I mean? So so you know I, I have gel, I have this envy w- with the time because I I have this you know weird idea that I would have been able to be Mike if, I, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but ultimately I couldn't because in order because you're not six that, eight. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and just mentally, in order to be that, you have to really put yourself first and above in the goal and your missions and all above everything. You know, and, and at times above, you know, family, fatherhood, friendship, things sure. like that. Sometimes to be great, it happens. At some point, you have to put it that way. At some point, everybody always think back of Mo Better Blues uh, uh, with Denzel's character, how he would want to go out and play, and his dad, he was a sax player, and he's like 10 years old, and his dad's like, you can't play. Those guys are going nowhere. You're special. You can't go outside. You got to play the sax. So he would literally be watching his kids from his Brooklyn brownstone window run up and down and have fun. And meanwhile, he's practicing saxophone in the house because he was born to be great. And there's a lot of stories of all these dudes that have made it in the entertainment way where they just didn't get a chance to, you know, be much of a kid, i.e. Michael Jackson style. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, all, all that is, I think all that is true, right? You wouldn't have all these stories if it wasn't true. But also, like, it always, all these things make people think, I think incorrectly that like that you're born with it, man. None of those people are born with it. Every one of them just did it over and over and over. And they were born with, you know, right. Cause there's no way, there's no way if you're not six, seven, that you can be Michael Jordan, but it's a, it's a combination of, yeah, sure. You're born with some, some good luck to be tall, <laughs> to be fast or to be, you know, have a great voice or there are certain things that you are definitely born with, but then it's, did you put in the work? Did yeah. you, did, yeah. you know, and in, in jazz, you see, he put in the work and in will, you see that he puts in the work. In the work. You know? I mean, all, everybody puts in the work and, and that to your point is like Michael Jordan had to sacrifice a lot to get to where he is. He had to put in work. He had to probably miss a lot of things mm-hmm. to put in that work. You know what I mean? Like he, he had to miss like between shooting Space Jam and having them build, <laughs> having them build a freaking Syracuse indoor stadium outside of the movie set. Like where's time for family? Yep. You know what I mean? But that's the sacrifice. That, that totally. That's how life works, man. All of these dudes have talent. You can't get that far without talent. But more importantly, what they all have is everyone was willing to sacrifice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ray Allen, I remember listening to the story of Ray Allen. Ray Allen hasn't had a chip, a burger, uh, ice cream, like you name it. Nothing other than vegetables for like, it was like his 15 year in his career. He went like 15 seasons, not indulging in any of that. No birthday cake. No, no. Yeah. His diet is 100% clean, vegan diet that is not just surrounded by vegetables that's what he eats fruit vegetables yeah i mean that you see that with with everybody that you know again with when you you're willing to cut certain choices right you're willing to say like oh this is a thing i don't do over here in order to be good at this thing that i want to do over there you know and uh it's a, it's interesting. You have to make the you have to be conscious about making those trade offs. I don't think I under, necessarily understood that as a young man, right? That like, yeah. oh, if I if I want to have X, I need to make choices about A, B, and C, right? 
Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's kind of like an interesting thing that I, I have more of a understanding of now, right? Like especially with the side project, right? So understanding like how am I going to get to where I want to go? All right. Well, first is like where do I want to go? Like it needs to be a reasonable goal <laughs> that's like actually achievable. And then the other side of that is, you know, um, how am I going to get there? What trade-offs am I willing to make? What trade-offs am I not willing to make? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. I think I think you hit it on the head. As a young man and, a, and as a young person, period, we want it all. You want it all. You, you know, you want to be able to do, uh, have your fun, but still get to wherever you want to be. But in order to get there, you can't really have your fun because you got to put in the work at the time where you're having your fun. But when you're young, you want it all. You want the whole, I want to have my fun, but I also want to be the greatest ever. And, you know, I want both of those things to happen just because. I think that's how we think as young people, you know. One thing, I don't know, I'm, I'm a butcher to lie, but someone says one thing, you know, the worst thing for people is like the, 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 the idea of wanting something, you know, want is like one of the worst things for people because want bleeds into deserves and you start having this idea of everything that you want, you deserve to get, you know what I mean? That, that, that desire to want something is something that you have to fight you got to fight off, you know what I mean? Because it's a lot of things that you want is not necessary. A lot of things that you want, you end up with buyer's remorse. You know, a lot of, a lot of wants. I forget who said it's a line. I don't remember. Nah, but, but I mean, that's that's definitely something that I've noticed is true. You know what I mean? Like the every year that goes by, I swear we spend less money. You know what I mean? Like we're doing the we're doing the opposite of most people. Like the as each year goes by, we spend less money because we get less value out of stuff and we get more value out of you know taking a walk together you know taking a bike ride together like those kinds of things are where we're getting value we don't get value out of having a nice tv you know what i mean like how how, how are you gonna have a nicer tv than the tv that like i guess maybe if you were born in 2005 you don't realize that like tv used to <laughs> like what it was like you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But like, like I can't imagine having a nicer TV than the TV that I, like I can't even fathom it. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like it's already yeah. embarrassingly good. Like, yeah. and I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting yeah. thing. So, Hey, the la- so the last chapter was hope. All right. And, and in that chapter, it was actually, he goes, he, he makes a deal with his mom comes from the the background education education he had to go to school his mom thought that like going to college was the only way because that was her way Mm -hmm. that was what she did Mm -hmm. so she imposed her way on him and what i really loved about the book is that will goes into depth about that in the book about like his mom thought the way to go to the way to be anything in this country is to go to college and get a degree at a really good school because if you do that then you then you'll be something because that's what worked for her. His dad thought that, you know, the, what worked for him was to start your own, have your own, and nobody can get in the way of you, and that's how you're successful in this country. And so Will was didn't want either of those routes. 
Will was like, I'm born to be an entertainer. And he made a deal with his parents that if he doesn't blow up in one year, he would have to go to college and do the music around college. And ultimately, dude blows up where parents don't understand. You know, he, he blows up. So, you know, or yeah, was it parents or girl, girls are nothing but trouble? That's what it girls was. Girls are nothing but trouble. Girls with nothing but trouble. So, yeah, he blows up with girls, girls are nothing but trouble. And he blows up, goes on tour and all that good stuff. But it's, it's, that's the one thing that I would say for me, like hit close to home with our podcast, you know, in the book, like one of the, one of the big things and the big messages that I, that I got out of those chapters was that at the end of the day, you have to do your own process, regardless of what every everybody else has done well or not well, or you know, the, take the the past is important to take into consideration, but ultimately, you have to determine what your process is because you're the one that's going to have to live with those results. Well, yeah. and and like he was also like, hey, I'm not. He didn't make he he kind of went all in on music, right? But he it wasn't he wasn't risking his house and his home. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he wasn't risking it all. He was being smart. It was a calculated risk. He was you know, he went to the people that he trusted and he was like, "How can we turn this into a calculated risk?" Well, here's here's the things that you're risking. Here's what you're giving up. Mm-hmm. He made a choice. It turned into a conscious thing. You know, uh, and that's a lot about what we're doing here, right? Like mm-hmm. We're like, hey, you know, like, all right, well, we want to do X. How do we get there by, but not risk the good stuff that we have, right? We both Mm -hmm. have full-time jobs, right? We're kind of working through it, so. Yeah, well, well, tell the whole story. He he got a great SAT score, got accepted to a couple different colleges, and reached out to the dean and asked him if his, his acceptance could be held for one year. And the and, dean was excited. And the dean was like, yes, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yes, go ahead. Do what you're doing. We'll hold your we'll hold your spot for that one year. And so he did exactly what we're about. He he it was it was a lean startup, is what he did. He decided 100%. that, all right, I got the college thing. It's on the back burner. I even have my dad's business that, that that's over here. I got the I got these two things that are in reach. And then I got this thing here that I can take my risk on and my swing on right now. And it, and it seems like that I got a little traction. It seems yep. like there's, there's reasons to believe that this, that this is good. Going to head in a direction. Exactly. DJ Jazzy Jeff just wins the, the DJ competition, DJ of the year, yep. you know, so the industry is looking at him. So they know he knows he's in the, got his eggs in the right basket and he takes the swing, man. And you know what I mean? Like, and he better on himself because back to that thing of preparation where he tells a story of the way he worked at music was like a full-time job. Yep. You know, all his other buddies was like, man, you want to do music all the time. He, him and jazz was like, we practice at 10 a.m., 10 o'clock. And that's the time we practice. And we're going to meet every day at 10 o'clock or whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever the time was. But yep. that's, and that's what they did every single day. You know, they showed up. And there you go. Another it's, in, it's, in, it's interesting how the themes like keep happening, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah it's, ve- yeah. it's very interesting that like the themes of put in the work, show up, be smart about the risks that you take. When you do see an opportunity 
double down and triple down on it to see yep. if you actually have traction, you know, like, like all these things, test, 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 repeat, like all these things that keep happening. You, yeah. you even see it in, you know, this is a very different context right now. All of a sudden we're talking about a biography, right? Um, but it's there. So, but it's there. It's same, there. It's there it's and everything. Same. Yeah. So they're, they're, you know, I think that that's how you, de- how you decide that there's like a truism there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's there and everything. Yeah. yeah, man. But but great chapter so far. We got uh what is it, six, seven, and eight next week? Yeah, six, six seven, seven, and eight. eight. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. How's your week, man? You got big news. Yeah, I put the I put the you know, the like beta sign up page live. The back end of the site is like ready. You can like enter customers and you can sort of message them. Um so I'm gonna continue like kind of making sure that I did it right uh for the rest of this week. And then uh, probably get it in JD's hands next week and ask him to start uh, like messaging customers in January and like maybe do like a customer interview with him, kind of walking through the the app, right? The theory here is that you know you build the app for the one customer um, that solves their biggest pain point, and so that's what I'm doing. Despite having lots of other ideas, I'm focused on one area and one customer. Um, and then play with it and kind of go from there. So I, I have a bunch to get ready by the by the beginning of the year, but at this point I have pretty close to zero doubt that JD will be able to send messages to his customers in a fast, easy way uh, almost immediately. Wow. Um, in, in, in January 2023? So it, you know, it's going to be, it's pretty, dude, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. I am holding off on incorporating until the new year. So, uh, but I'll incorporate it as a business on like January 2nd, probably. Wow. Uh, That's dope, man. Yeah. It's dude. It's, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. Wow. That's awesome. I can't wait to see to hear more of the results of what JD ends up thinking and, how much he uses it. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. And can I, can I find a second JD? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the real question, right? Like build an app for one person. Great. But can you build it for two? Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty dope, man. That's dope. That's really awesome, man. Dude, it's really, it's really exciting. And like, it, it like looks sharp. Like the, um, like I, I, I can tell that I'm like onto something, you know what I mean? Like not necessarily customers wise, but like personal excitement, enjoyment wise, mm-hmm. I can tell that I'm on to something because like, which is a good sign always hundred percent. Like, because I, I think part of the reason that we're both talking about like that obsession and balancing and blah, 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 blah. Right. Is because like, I am like so excited about this. Like, it's like the first thing I think about when I wake up, right? Like in the same way that you're like excited about wings, right? Like I'm mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. way excited about it, but also I'm like, trying to manage my relationship with my wife and like stuff around the house. And like, am I still living up to my responsibilities at work and like those kinds of things. So, Oh, that's another thing that I did. Like I had to, you have to sign like a, a conflict of interest form essentially, right? If you're going to have a company outside of work at my job, you need to have a conflict of interest form. Now there's no conflict of interest. I work in big agriculture. So there's no, there's no conflict of interest between comics and agriculture. So I'm fine. But you still have to fill out the form. Did that last week. Like I'm doing all the little stuff along that that's not interesting 
right? Along with supporting the big interesting goal, which is like putting this in JD's hands. So I can tell that I'm more excited about this project than I am about anything else. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's it's been really cool. It's been really really cool. Wow, that's cool. That's awesome, man. You know what you got to do. Mm. This is a beauty, and we're both kind of have already done it. Is so your wife now is in that same space from far as the the. Oh yeah, there's, she, there's a bunch yeah. of tasks. There's a I have like a little backlog that I'm making for her to take care of. Yeah. It's like, hey, so, can you do these things? Because yeah. it's pref- it's like you'll make money for the house that way (laughs) so so which is pretty dope which is very similar to you know the setup in my household which is you know my wife and i both in the food lane um the other day we had the the wing off or the wing fest and the greatest thing was my wife being there helping us you know being in the kitchen you know also, uh, the kids being involved, you know, um, it being a whole family affair, you know what I mean? Like that part of it for me was, was dope. It was dope to see. It was just like, it made it, it gave me a good feel for like what exactly it is that we we're, we're working on that we're, we're close to having. So you know, it was it was awesome, man. It was awesome. We sold uh you know, twelve hundred wings that That's a day. Lot of wings. Yeah, That's yeah. A lot of wings. Yeah, literally tossed, fried, tossed, seasoned, twelve hundred <laughs> rings. We made our own fries, natural cut fries, um, that were incredible. Rodney, you know, is his background as a chef came in clutch. He knocked the fries out. He saved us on the chicken. He did, you know what I mean? Like, he knew things that we didn't quite understand as well. Especially as for batch did. cooking and those skills that he has. It, it's like, it's perfect. Because, yeah, I'm creative and all of that, but I don't really know the tricks of the kitchen like he does. Sure. So, like, he was in there with, you know, just pulling out all the stops, man. And he literally... He literally saved the show. Um, you know, and Kunt was there. He's always that positive vibe, that positive vibe that's like keeping everybody together, checking in. What do we need next? Where's the next basket? Who's up? You know, so we just all work well together. There's this this like sympathy, symphony of music that's playing when we're all in a room together doing our thing. So it was it was just dope to see. It, it was unbelievable experience. You know, the kids, the families, our teamwork, um, and we just gonna keep at it, man. It's it's, it's incredible. Yeah, you guys got a thing going. You got a real thing yeah. going. So yeah. that's, we both do. It's you know, it's Absolutely. it's funny. You see, you start the show, right? We started the show. We had nothing, and now was, we both have something. Yes. Yep. You know, so. the, the show is the showing up. Yeah. Like like it's the showing up. It's the discipline. It, it's doing exactly what we designed it to do. It, it's a it's a way to hold us accountable to hold ourselves yep. accountable and it has we've moved forward with every episode it's incredible man it is. it is i can't wait to see what happens we're coming up on the end of a year here as well so i can't wait to see what happens 12 months from now where are we it's, at it's gonna be crazy yeah, i don't want to speed it up but you know <laughs> yeah i don't want to yeah. speed it up but 
that would be it's going to be interesting to see where yeah. we are 12 Very months interesting. from now. Yeah. So uh where can people find us? They can find us at theprocessisblackandwhite.com um and they can also search us on any of your social media platforms at the process is black and white and we'll pop right up. All right, talk to you next week. All right, man. And that's all the time we have this week. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Process is Black and White. Come join us next week where the journey continues on the road to successful entrepreneurship. For further information, go to www.theprocessisblackandwhite.com. Any views or opinions represented on this podcast do not constitute financial advice or any other advice. Vernon and Devin inspire you to conduct your own due diligence before making any personal financial decisions.